0: Welcome to Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I'm flying solo. On this episode of Focus, I want to talk about photo editing, the do's and don'ts, or maybe do you have to edit every photo? Is that compulsory? Is that actually a thing? I think when people start doing photography, they people newer to photography start doing it, and they then they start getting on different forums and just start reading about stuff. They start reading about, oh, you've got to edit the photos, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And I think there's a growing trend of photographers who actually not doing, I suppose, the traditional way that digital photography has kind of evolved, where people would take the photos, download them onto a computer, and then go in and do all types of edits, and you know, take them into Lightroom or take them into Photoshop or some of the other photo manipulation software that's available on the market, and actually start changing things in the photos, you know, that type of stuff, and. Almost like it was a part of the, you know, a necessary part of the process that they had to do it. You know, there's a whole generation of photographers now who basically don't own a computer that they actually download the photos onto. They you know, a lot of the modern digital cameras have apps that you can basically just download the photos straight onto a portable device like a your phone or like a tablet or, or some other, you know, device like that. Where you can view the photos and, you know, there's a lot of different, I suppose, programs that have evolved. That allow people to go in and do some types of edits. Now some of them are quite powerful. Some of them are just very minor type editing. But it's a kind of interesting thing because there's now I think there's probably two camps of photographers. There's a the die in the wall, you know, download into onto the computer, you know, analyze every aspect of the picture and you know in, and make changes in Lightroom or or whatever. And then there's the other group of photographers now who are actually kind of doing the least amount of work possible like by just tucking into an app and maybe just even using an app might just have a simple feature where it's got auto enhanced. Now you click that button and bang, they're done. That was, their photo for all intents and purposes is edited and ready to go online or wherever they're going to do it because a lot of photos these days taken, I suppose the end game for the photo is actually it ends up online. That people are putting it on social media, some of those photos are used for other purposes but a lot of stuff that's taken these days like I said is consumed via social media so some of these apps and different things have actually been optimized I suppose with the idea that the photo that that is being processed by that software or that app is actually probably going to be intended for social media so a lot of the I suppose a lot of the way that the the image turns out is going to make it look really good on one of those platforms which I think that's what a lot of people are doing but who's right like is that real photography if you just simply take your photo and then you bring it into Snapseed or one of the other apps that are on the portable devices well I think it's kind of like it's it's the evolving word of photography like everything evolves like everything changes like I mean some people still think I think that a photo has to be kind of brought into a program and scrutinized analyzed and tweaked and and whatever where, like I said, there's a growing band of photographers who are probably saying, you know, I don't want to to be messing with all that. That's just too much. I mean, that is a process. Like, if you go out with your camera and you've captured something, whether it be you've gone out and you've done some street photography or you've, you know, gone out and captured an event or you've done something, something that you've, landscape or some other, you know, scenic place that you've gone to to photograph, you bring the camera home and you connect it to the computer and you download the images and you sort through the images and then you start to bring the images into program and then you start kind of working on those images and doing various different things. And for some photographers, that's the workflow that they love and that's the workflow they understand and that's the workflow they follow. But it doesn't have to be that way. I think the thing is I kind of, I float in two camps with um, the way I process photos because Sometimes I, the whole idea of having to do too much work to a photo is just a chore. Like the joy of photography for me is yeah. you know, it's a chase, like going out, getting the, the thrill of the kill, going out, getting the photo to start with. The part, I suppose, that for me is less exciting is sitting in front of a computer, playing around with sliders and masks and other different things, manipulating the photograph. Um, that to me that's the part that I find not as not as enjoyable but sometimes I know it's necessary for for a result because sometimes there's times where that is necessary for some of the photos I take but the other photos I take that's definitely not necessary and I I kind of excited when I can just have a photo that basically I can share and use pretty much straight out of camera with no real changes I mean the only thing I tend to always just add to a photo is is a watermark The watermark it's an interesting there's a whole discussion around watermarks and their purpose but i think it just as an identifier as, as you are the photographer i don't know that so much these days it's an insurance policy to say that your photo is protected now because you've watermarked it because we know that the software out there which we're kind of talking about can do an amazing job of just removing watermarks completely from a photograph. so you know there's no guarantee that if you have a photo that's got a watermark, that's not—I suppose for me now—that's not really the reason I watermark it. I watermark it so if people see that photo and maybe it's you know it pops up somewhere or whatever, that maybe they'll see the the watermark and then they'll just know that I was the photographer of it. So it's more about just branding. It's more about just kind of putting some type of identifier on the image just to identify who the photographer was. Because these days, like I said, even though in the back end of the photos, in the metadata, you know, all my details are in there. I always set my cameras up so that when the image is firstly recorded, that some of the information in there is actually about myself as a photographer. And I know these days, a lot of times when you upload a photo to some of the different platforms, they strip all that data out of it. So it's that's not there. So I suppose the only thing that's on the face of the photo that could identify you as a photographer is your watermark. So that's that's the reason I still do it so and people do it for various different reasons. but I think the like I said there's there's kind of definitely two camps of photographers and, and I think both camps are right. like it's just whatever it's whatever works for you as a photographer, if you know that is your workflow that you just want to take the photos you want to bring, use like the, an app that's come with the camera and the app connects your camera to your mobile device and you can then bring those photos in and you can sort through those photos and you can pick a couple of photos. Of, oh, well, I like this one, I like this one. And you can just do some little tweaks within the in that app and then have a photo that's ready to post online or, or even to send off to be printed or whatever. I think that's fantastic. I think that's really something that we all, we all should embrace, all the different ways that we use photography. And, like, everyone uses photography differently, and that's the thing, and, and there's no one one-size-fits-all in photography there's so many different aspects of photography about how you capture stuff how you process stuff how you distribute stuff all different so you know there's people who predominantly only print images They don't you know tend to display them digitally on a display as such but they they print their work and there's people who just simply never print their work and they simply just only the only way the world sees those photos is on a digital screen somewhere And I think, like I said, both photographers or both camps of photographers are right because it's one of those things that I suppose it's like anything to do with the creative process that if you're creating something and it's coming from an idea deep inside you, like you've you've got this idea for something and it's your vision of something that you see or thought about, how you present it to the world is your unique way of, of expressing that. And that makes it unique. And I think the same thing happens in the world of art when someone paints something. You know, there's no there's no right or wrong way of doing something in art. You know, anything anything can that kind of represents you or expresses a feeling or expresses an idea that you have, displayed through whatever medium. You know, whether it be through photography, whether it be through drawing, through painting, or or, or some other. Some other method of expressing yourself, whether you've made something or whatever. This is, to me, this is the creative process at work. This is the creative process of working. And like I said, we're all different. So we all want to be able to do something different. And I think it's, we don't want to kind of, I suppose, people particularly feel like they have to do something in a particular way. Because as soon as you start dictating something has to be done in a particular way, you you end up I think with you know the the kind of the McDonald's hamburger product at the end of the line because they're all the same like if you go to McDonald's in one city or one country and you get a Big Mac you get a Big Mac and a Big Mac is a Big Mac wherever you go and, it's, and it, you know all different countries all different people are making these things but they're actually all producing something at the end which is exactly the same. We don't ever want to see that happen, I think, with photography where people are churning out stuff that just looks like something that some everybody else is churning out. I often see when I'm reading different forums and different things, particularly people who are kind of new and I'm probably aiming this podcast at people maybe who are just starting out in photography and, and might be feeling that some pressure by that they have to process stuff in a particular way or they have to use something in a particular way. And what I'd say to those um, photographers is that do it your way. Like, there is no particular way that you have to do it. It doesn't make you any less of a photographer if you take your images and you bring them into a mobile app and you do very minimal, m- very minimal to it. Actually, you know, my hat's off to you. If you can create something that you're happy with without doing all these extra processes, that's fantastic. And look, my goal usually is you know, I'm trying to strive to get things as close in camera as I can get it and sometimes it's great because you can have stuff where basically I bring an image into into a photo manipulation program purely for the process of maybe just recovering a little bit from the shadows and adding a watermark and maybe adding a touch of sharpening because that just helps it display better if I'm going to put it say on one of the social platforms like Instagram or Facebook or something like that so the processing is kind of my processing is kind of quite often done in mind with where it's going to end up. If it's going to be printed, then there's a slightly different process of how I will actually process the image. It's even like the way that I will output the image. So if I'm kind of doing a, an image for, say, consumption to use on social media, it'll just be a JPEG image. Um, that's how it'll be actually produced and end up. If it's an image that I've taken that I know that I'm going to print, Typically, I'm going to output it as a TIFF file rather than a JPEG. And it's just something that I do. And, and again, there's no really hard, fast rule. It's just the way that I operate. And everyone everyone needs to find their own way of doing things and, and things that they're comfortable with and stuff that they kind of, I suppose, getting the result they want. And I think this is the big thing, I suppose a big takeaway message from this podcast is if the process that you're currently doing is getting the result that you desire, then you're on the right track. Don't feel pressured into thinking that you have to go down a particular way or you have to do something in a particular fashion because that's what other people are telling you. So people will give you their opinion on how they do something or express how they do it, and in their mind, that is the right way of doing it. And sometimes for some people, you know, they try and, I suppose, Force that idea onto other people, saying, "Well, no, this is this is the only way to do it." And it's like everything in life. Quite often, there's multiple ways to do something to get to the same result, and we see this in, like I said, all aspects of life. There's different different processes, different techniques. You know, when it comes to like baking a cake, there's different ways people do stuff, like they how they sieve the flour or how they let the you know the the egg sit at room temperature or or they do these different processes that they say to people, oh, no, you must do this or you must do that, you know, you get a better result. And again, it's there is sometimes some truth in some of those things that sometimes a, a, a tweak to the process can actually improve the outcome at the end. But photography, like I said, because it's so subjective, is that, you know, and again, we don't want people to produce everything looks identical everything looks like falls within a framework um we want people to be able to actually be able to express themselves and create you know images that represent things that they're trying to say or the things that they how they see the world and how they want to actually project their ideas onto the world as well is that using their own i suppose their own processes their own ideas and not feeling obliged to comply to a particular way of doing it and I think this is what happens like I said in particularly people who are new to photography or sometimes when people go off and they you know maybe they've done a particular style of photography and they haven't done much and then they go off and do a course the danger of sometimes when someone teaches you something is they're teaching you their way of doing things which may not always be perfect for yourself like so I think you've got to always take on board when someone's showing you how to do a process um, particularly with post-production is that you take it on board but you take it on board with a keeping an open mind that that's not the only way of doing it that's not the only way to get a result and it may be that you you're pleased with those results and you you like that process and you think oh that's something i could integrate into my own workflow and i i I really like that but you can also stand back and go no it's not something i like really particularly like that much and it's not something that I think I need to do I want to continue doing my processing in a particular way and I think that's the thing is to have that is to make that decision yourself to be make that personal decision that how you're going to actually process your images and not feel pressured by anyone else on the outside so again that's my kind of I suppose advice to people who are who are kind of venturing down that path when they're doing maybe looking more at you know, do they have to process it and like I said to me processing is such a chore the least amount of processing I can do to me makes me happy because then I'm not spending all this time on the computer um, sorting through images and thinking well, I need to do these particular changes or, or whatever and again it's just like I said you don't want to take away the joy of photography but and again but you also again want to be able to produce something that you're you're comfortable with sharing. So again, it's like about having that balance of of getting something to a point where you're happy with it and not happen to be pushed in a particular way. And I think what'll happen over time is that you'll go down different paths with your photography processing, how you'll process something and then you'll start to change or you'll start to develop new ideas or you'll you'll or some of the ideas that you previously maybe held onto that you thought you needed to do start to kind of melt away a bit and you kind of change and soften and you go down a particular path and I've definitely noticed that as my photography journey has gone on that I felt that there was pressure initially that I had to get I had to do some processing um so I kind of forced myself to do stuff and then I started to realize that no I don't need to do this like that's someone else's that's someone else's ideal um way of doing it it's not necessarily my ideal of of doing it. So again, you've got to formulate your own ideas, and whether that be like I said, simply bringing images onto a mobile device and using a, a simple program that allows you to do a couple of tweaks. So that maybe just and those tweaks may be just around things like exposure and contrast and color. And yeah, you know, we know some people like really love color, and they're pumping up the color. So there's some some apps and different presets that people do as well. So. And I suppose for some people that's the, the easy thing is that they'll bring an image into a program and they'll just apply a preset set of parameters to that image. That will produce a particular result that sometimes becomes, I suppose, for some people it kind of comes their signature look, um, how they process an image. And I think processing can be a part of creating your signature look if that's what you want to do. But it also can be, you know, you can also get a i suppose create a signature look in the way you capture your photos and it might be the way you, the angles that you shoot at it could be whether how you shoot the pictures whether you shoot the pictures kind of dark and moody you know where they have a particular look to them or you might shoot them in a in a light and airy way like a you know, high key type thing and, and again people will find their own kind of way of doing photography and I think that's the important thing that everybody can find their way and everyone can have their own process and everyone's right there is no one person who is actually doing it better than someone else I think everyone like I said is at at a point where they can you know do something and get a result that they're happy with and I think that's the, the important thing to remember is the only person that really should be that you have to please when it comes to Processing or taking a photo is yourself. You don't. You shouldn't be kind of. I suppose trying to please everybody else because someone has told you, oh, you need to do this or you need to do that. Definitely, when you're starting out, there's people that will definitely. There's some really good advice. Like people sometimes you'll you'll miss things in a photo, and a photo might be more powerful if it's presented in a slightly different way, and that could be through a crop or it could be lightening a particular part of of the image. And again, that's the learning process of just learning about, I suppose, photography. And you know, one of the things about photography is that um, when we look at an image, we we tend to get drawn to the lighter parts of the image first. So if your if your key subject that you're trying to direct people to is really dark, then and and there's lighter parts of the image that people may go to other parts of the image before they actually see the subject, and they may not even suppose realize what you're trying to say. So again, there, there is techniques like that, that can be taught, and the definitely some advice that you can take on board but again if it's producing something that you're happy with and something that you're seeing like your vision is being kind of recognized within that in that image then you're on the right track that's the thing you want to do you don't want to be like i said we don't want to make a whole lot of photographers all doing the same stuff all feeling obligated to produce something in a particular way and i think what used to happen Back in the days of studio photography, that studio photography did kind of go down a path where it did look, you know, photos did look very, very similar. Studios kind of had a formula for lighting and a formula for processing Um, and they produced a whole lot of pictures. And when you look at different areas of photography, you see these pictures all look very similar. They have all similar traits to them. Today, we've got such diversity in the way people present photos and capture photos that it's fantastic to see all this diversity and it's exactly the same that used to happen in the art world with with paintings like you'll see such a diversity of different techniques and different you know use of color and different you know uses of of mediums and how people have actually been able to use those to create artworks and again we're starting to see this like, like i said more and more now in photography and like i said i think people need to particularly like people starting off or or people who are just kind of, I suppose, getting more into photography. Maybe you're a casual photographer and you've been shooting for many years, but you're just kind of now starting to, you're starting to kind of get making it more of a, a, more of a thing that you're really kind of getting into. And again, trying to just find your own spot and trying to find your own, you know, comfort point where you can actually take something that you kind of enjoy and keep it enjoyable. Don't let it kind of get, out of control so on this episode of focus we've been talking about i suppose processing and the need for processing not being pressured or not being feeling like you have to process everything that you shoot like it has to come in and do something to it there's times like i said where there's photos that i've been you know super happy with that have just been pretty much straight out of camera rather than a watermark being added to it that to me is the joy of photography when you can create that for me that's my happy I suppose my happy time when I can do that and like I said but there's other times when I know that I want to change things within the photo because I can't replicate what I'm wanting to say in the in the base photographs I know that I'm going to go in and I'm going to do some changes and that's fine because you've you're doing that with a you're doing that with a plan and you're doing that with a result in mind so you actually thought that through you thought that process through but again just for general photography I think the have the freedom to be able to just use whatever tools are at your disposal, and, and for a lot of people, like they can't just afford to buy a computer just purely for um a lot of people just don't use a computer these days because basically you're carrying a computer around in your pocket. I mean, from a lot of people owned a computer originally because because they needed to send an email, so they'd have a laptop or they'd have a desktop computer purely for you know sending emails and receiving emails. Well, these days people walk around with that device in their pocket and they get their emails um, on their phones and they can send them backwards and forwards so again so the need for a lot of people to own a computer has actually gone it's one of those things that you know desktop computers will become less and less I suppose a, a thing for people because as more and more people just simply get connected to the world by a mobile device they just simply don't need to have a computer anymore so again and that's why you see all the the major suppliers of photo processing um, software have all developed mobile devices because they kind of had to to stay relevant if they didn't kind of have, come up with a, a Lightroom mobile or Photoshop for iPad or all or, or, or these different apps for different platforms then they would simply not be able to survive just simply using desktop machines because like I said a lot of people just simply don't turn on a desktop machine anymore. They might still own one that you use very, very infrequently. A lot of people just reach for their mobile device and I know when I'm traveling these days, I mean, my iPad is I used to take always take a laptop with me. I travel for laptops, so I download photos, I do stuff and and predominantly I was you know, receiving emails on my laptop and that type of thing where now everything pretty much I do either between my phone and my iPad and that gives me a solution which is really easy to transport and really easy to move around so i hope that this episode of focus has got you thinking about the importance of processing or the non-importance of processing where it's not something you really have to do so you don't don't feel pressured that you have to go and process every photo in a particular way do what pleases yourself and if the results like i said if the results are making you happy then you're on the right track until next time this has been steve finkel for photo mission focus discussing photography enjoy your photography Talk to you soon. See ya.